0: gentlemen i have a story for you a story about how podcasts can bond us all together story about my incompetence and putting (laughs) and making mike anxious about things um before every show i have to go in and i have to put how many guests are going to be on the show so that blog talk radio can accept them and today beth couldn't come on so we had shana come on and i didn't make an adjustment so normally you can't call into the show before but somebody was able to call in because I didn't set anything up and his name is Darwin. He lives in the Philippines and he found our show, what do you say, Mike, a couple of weeks ago? And he listens to it he religiously. Said he, we are his Rangers fan. Yeah, found it online. From the Philippines. He's listening at eight A. M. in the morning over there. So Darwin, you are our number one fan today. That was probably one of the cooler experiences that I've had just coming in and being like, that is not Shayna on the phone and talking to you. So you made us feel good about ourselves. That doesn't happen very often on the internet. So shout out to Darwin, former doctor in the Philippines. 8 a.m. Listen to our show. What are you guys doing? You're not listening to us at eight in the morning, or maybe you are. I don't know a lot of people listen to our archive, but um, be more like Darwin. Darwin, thank you for listening. You are the man. Mike, wasn't that a yeah? It be a doctors. experience for you? Yeah.
2: Be doctors and retired of the Philippines. And, Be awesome and call in accidentally and get to chat with us.
0: Yeah, see. Be awesome. Awesome. Uh, So as I alluded, good luck. (laughs) It is me and Mike and Beth, or not Beth and Shana. What's up, Shana? Not Beth. Not Beth. Not Beth.
1: I don't. I'm Um, not an oracle of any sorts.
0: No, but Um. that's probably a good thing on this show because Beth is the oracle of calamity. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she predicts calamity you know, it's not a good thing tsunami um, horrible thing, especially today because there is there is calamity right now. The Rangers did some things today um, well, you know what let's let's start off here. The New York Rangers made some cuts. I'm gonna give you bare bones news to kick things off, and then we're gonna kind of jump around a bit. um the Rangers sent graves Letterry. Nieves Pionk, to the AHL. They released Bobby Farnum from their contract. They're putting Matt Pumple on waivers to do well, they put him on waivers today at noon, today being Thursday, so we'll know Friday at noon if he clears. And they loaned Anderson back to Ferlunda. There are some questions about whether or not Anderson has to spend the year there or not, but we'll get to that later. Here are the good things. I'm going to break it down, good to bad, and then I'm going to see what you guys think. Good. Heidel. Heidel. Heidel made the team, apparently. He's going to play at least nine games. That's what he gets before he has to make a decision about the entry-level contract. But today in practice, he was slated on the second line. So that's probably a really big deal. Um, D'Angelo is still around. Um, That's really... That's the bulk of the good stuff. I would say the bad stuff is the Rangers kept camphor for whatever reason, Stall and Holden. Um, more on that later, I guess. And not a huge, huge fan of uh, the defensive situation as it stands. Uh, I'm also not happy that uh, the Rangers only released Farnham from the PTO. But uh, Mike, what's the what's the thing you're most happy about and the thing you are most concerned about with what the Rangers did to this point? It's a very good question.
2: Um, Maybe think one of my best. The thing, yeah, it's because it was kind of a mixed bag in a lot of ways in the, uh, what happened with the cuts. I am obviously excited about Hedl being here. Uh, in many ways, a lot of our predictions about the blue line came true, um, minus, I don't, this is a whole other thing we can get into later, but I don't know why the organization is as fond as it is about Camfer. And the most surprising slash discouraging thing to me, uh, I don't know. I'm not completely against Anderson, being in Frolunda, but, uh, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, Lettieri or Lettieri isn't here just based on everything we saw. Like I I would rather him still be up with the team than, you know, Camper, but maybe, I don't know. The idea is that Camper is going to be that kind of locker room leader in Hartford. And so they want him around for that Lake Placid trip and all that crap. But uh, I'm really, really excited about Hedl. I, I don't know if we're going to see more than nine games of him, but right now all I really care about is just getting to see more of him on NHL ice.
0: So that's my take on it. Shana, your answer to the very same
1: question. Um, okay. I am okay with Anderson going back to Sweden because I think this is a more low-risk move. I thought they'd give him the games in the beginning, but if they decide playing Sweden, come over after, whatever, that's fine. And also, he's going to play with Joel, and then we can be like, hey, bud, bring Joel back, and then like everything can be good. But that's, you know. Um, I, I think it's better to do that instead of burning the nine games, and I don't know how much I would trust his development in Hartford, so long-term, that's definitely a good thing. Um, by Farnham being released is a good thing. That has to go really <laughs> high on the list of, of good things, though. And uh, it's nice to see that they have D'Angelo in the starting lineup right now. I think that's really encouraging that it's not a hold-and-install combination because I think everyone knows how much I hate that by now. Um, if we traded him is. and he was part of the Step-On deal, yeah, like, if, if you spent all that... All that to get him here, and he's not on the ice opening night, I would be flipping out right now. And then, uh, so those are good. And as for the bad things, I I don't understand LaTerry going down. I don't understand um, DeJardins not being cut yet, but I I don't think he's going to stay here any longer. And uh, Camper, the Camper thing, I totally agree on. I don't know why they like him so much. He has not done anything good, and it's funny because when you look at their possession numbers on the surface, you're like, oh, he's not that bad, you know, compared to others, even though it's in, like, really small ice time. Like, the shot attempts he faces, he had, like, the worst scoring chance numbers against. His expected goals against is the worst, and, it's, and, and his goals against isn't good either, and you're like, well, he barely played, and he still kind of sucks, so I don't get that one either.
0: Dan would probably be my biggest concern right now. And it very well may be unfounded because the reality is, uh, Mike, did we ever figure out what the rule was on whether or not you can cut a suspended player?
2: Yeah, we know you can't cut a, a guy injured, which is why, uh, you know, the oh my gosh, who is it? It completely slipped my mind. Uh, he's a hurt the prospect podcast. that's still up with the team. Yeah, I, I, I know I know what I did. We're sorry, um, Darwin. We're
0: doing the podcast for you.
2: Yeah, as far as I can tell, there's there's nothing that prevents that. Um and and because there's nothing that prevents that, it made I think it was Vigneault's comments. He was saying something like, It makes it a difficult choice from us for us with uh Desjardins and the the suspension that he got for that hit against Miles Wood. Um and I remember you know, we were kind of talking amongst ourselves and we're like, well, that feels a little bit just like lip service. Like, oh, you know, he's a veteran guy. He came in, plugged away. But from what we've heard from Zippe and everything, it sounds like, you know, he's going with the team to Lake Placid. Uh, Whether or not he actually gets a contract, I think is still up in the air. It's it's neither certain nor, you know, definitely not going to happen. I don't know what he showed that a guy like Lethierry didn't show. Um, There is just, I think it must be just like a security blanket for that, for that fourth line center because if nothing else. He at least has the perception of being a fourth line center in the NHL, even though all the numbers are not encouraging. Um, We also know that he was a guy that Brad Richards played with and Richards, we can safely assume is connected to him getting the tryout here. Uh, well, he they, they I, that, that he
0: put his name yeah. on their radar.
2: Yeah, and so we know that influence is there, and maybe that has something to do with him kind of getting sticking around a little bit. But I I don't know about you, Joe, but the second I heard the suspension, I said, "This is done. His he his PTO is over. You can't." You can't afford to do that if you're trying to make a team. Because no matter how you look at it, he's hurting the team.
0: Uh, look, we're, I believe, justifiably hard on A.V. for a lot of things. And we may be having a conversation about something that we don't actually know the answer to. And what I mean by that is there's a, a serious chance that the Rangers can't do anything with um to Jardin until he's served his suspension, which I think is two games. So what is it, the opening game because he missed the last game? Probably opening night, maybe. Regardless, I think one of the big things that we need to overcome as fans is immediately assuming that something is going to be negative because we've been in a position where The New York Rangers have sort of made these decisions of, oh, we're going to play Glass instead of Buchnevich, and now Buchnevich is on the top line. Or, oh, we're going to play Holden and Stahl over um, Smith and Shea. So I see a lot of things that make me very concerned about what the Rangers left over. The only way to me, LaTerry makes sense going down, is the Rangers have a couple of moves in place, and they can do whatever they need to do with him, because he can go up and down without needing waivers. I don't have an issue with Paul Carey making the team out of camp. If he's going to be a, a fast holdover, I'd rather him be in the lineup than a guy like with Terry, because he doesn't need to develop. He's 29 years old. You could play him five minutes a night. You could play him 20 minutes a night. It does not matter for him. So you don't get that type of an opportunity with a prospect. So if he's here for, Five or six games, and it is what it is, and it is what it is. I don't have an issue with that. I would be shocked if Kampfer made the team, but I don't know why he's still here. Are the Rangers going to try to trade Stall? Or, excuse me, are the Rangers going to try to trade Holden? And is that what we're waiting on? Is there any way that D'Angelo isn't in the opening night roster, which I don't think is possible, but who knows? If the combinations from today's practice are... Any type of indication, you got Hedel on the second line, you have Miller-Hayes-Grabner on the third line, you have the KBZ line reunited, and D'Angelo's playing with Stahl on the third pair. I have an issue with that too, but more importantly, I don't see, outside of Stahl, I don't see a ton of issues with the the lineup the Rangers put together. Desjardins is in the extra spot, Um, Fast is obviously injured, I don't see a ton of issues with what they put together, but what we've found is that normally doesn't remain. Things change. And AV has a tendency to go with veterans who aren't necessarily deserving of the role that they have. And when you don't take the toy out of his hand, he can't stop playing with it. So I don't know how much weight Richard's comment has about Desjardins being a player that the Rangers might want to look for. I thought in the preseason he proved he was not an NHL caliber player. But you could say the same thing about Tanner Glass, and he was here for a while. So um, in terms of talking about good things, I think Heedle was – well, you know what? I was going to tell you before this started, of course, Hedel and Anderson are still around. They're here because you're going to give them the nine games. That there's There's literally no downside. But with Anderson going back to Sweden – I kind of think the Rangers really wanted these guys to show something. And Hedl may have been the Rangers' best player top to bottom in the preseason. Mike, do you see him sticking around? Or are you still in the let's-see-what-happens-in-these-first-nine-games phase? Well, that's
2: what's so exciting, right? I mean, we were talking with Beth about when he scored that OT goal in preseason, what was he like? 15 days into being 18 years old or something crazy like that. I don't think anyone expected him to be in this position at this stage of training camp. I, I think really the best thing for the organization to do, and I hope this is what happens is to just keep, keep their options open. Cause if we see the guy who we saw in preseason, he's ready for the NHL. He looked great. He had three points, I think, in four games or five games. Uh, and, you know, he proved he can play at even strength. And on the power play, uh, you know, he had some issues on the faceoff dot. But, you know, that's, that's stuff that can be worked on pretty easily. I'd, I'd sooner be worried about something like, oh, he has trouble understanding when to get his stick on the, on the dot and all that crap, than worried about, oh, he doesn't know how to cover a man in transition. There's so much to like about his game. I think, honestly, just looking at things in, in the, the bigger picture, it feels so much better to have Zibinijad Hayes, Heedle as your top three centers. And then having a guy as good as Dearnay as the fourth, is, I mean, what's not to like there? It feels a lot better. There's a lot of upside if it doesn't work out with Hiedel, whatever. But I think now the best thing to do is to just move forward, assuming he is on the team. Like that's, I think, the best thing to do. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. Just call up, you know, get him back into, you know, over to Europe or wherever we have to get him, and then just call up Latiri and whoever and work on the depth there. Or, You know, I still think the Rangers need to keep an eye on the waiver wire uh, in case anyone valuable goes there, but we'll see what happens.
0: Shana?
1: Um, I am really excited that Heedle's staying. I also think that – I feel like with with Duclair, we were so quick to panic every time he was scratched, and it it turns out it was for good reason because Vigneault didn't see a place for him in the lineup, and overall they didn't see a place for him in the team. It's obviously not the case with Hedl. That would be jumping gun way, way too quickly. If it's game five and he's played four out of five, it's not a reason to panic. If it's game 10 and he's played three out of 10, it's like, oh, okay, let's panic. As it stands, him starting on the second line with Zuccarello and Nash, I think will be great for him. And I think it's really cool for Zuccarello and Nash because I think all three of them can complement each other's games. You saw how good Zuccarello was with Hedl in the preseason. That was definitely encouraging. Um, The problem I kind of have with it is, though, I was hoping Hayes was going to get a crack at the second-line center because I think he's better than what he's been used as, and I think he deserves a more permanent place in the lineup than shifting between the bottom six centers like he has so far. If Heedle is good, but not as good, but they still want to keep him around, I think they could knock him down to the third line as long as that third line isn't faced with all the crazy defensive zone starts, which I think no matter what should – on the fourth line. So if you have Hayes on the second line and Heedle on the third line, and it's still like you're rolling all three in an offensive way, like that's no problem with me. I think the second you have Heedle and Hayes being buried in, which I don't think they do with Heedle anyway, but if you have Hayes being buried in a third line center capacity, I think you're wasting him. I think that your fourth line wingers are going to be so good it doesn't matter if Darren, you know, for Darren a as much because you'll have hopefully Grabner and and Foss alongside him and not Jimmy D.C., but I still think it's just, I think it's overall really encouraging and a different change of pace for the Rangers to have Hedl playing, and it's definitely something new injected into this team, which they definitely need.
0: I think the real question to Hedl is whether or not he can handle this level of, of competition, because I get that it was against uh, it was against preseason competition, but it's quite clear that Hito is talented enough to play in this league the question becomes when does a guy who's 18 years old hit the wall Uh, when when are you concerned about his longevity and not that he's going to hit necessarily the the wall that VC hit or a lot of college kids hit but I don't think and I have to look at the stats I don't think Hito has played more than 50 games in a season at least on the professional level So, do you worry about something like that? I mean, last year he played 40 games for Zlin, um, two with the under-20 and then 38 with the big club. He played 30 the year before that with the under-18 team. So, do you give him the nine games and then throw him back overseas and see what happens? Or do you keep him around and burn the year of his ECL and go from there? And I think these nine games are going to say a lot about the answer to that question. Because there is no debate. Kiedel is clearly far more NHL ready than I think any of us thought he was going to be. This is not a guy who was benefiting from playing with great players and actually wasn't doing all that much. He was the source of a lot of offense that he was either creating or directly responsible for. So I see him, and I get really excited because I'm looking at a player who could potentially be a game changer for the New York Rangers. And I just don't know if it's this year or not. And the Rangers need to make a right decision because I thought in the final preseason game, Sam and Joe interviewed Jeff Gordon, who did not look like he wanted to be in that interview at all. But Gordon said the right things about Anderson and Hedel. If they're not going to play in the NHL in an actual role – They can't be here. They need to develop. And you saw the proof was in the pudding on that one for Anderson because Anderson got sent back to Sweden. But when you turn around and you look at Hedl, he's obviously deserved the nine games. There's no reason for him not to get the nine games. But are we going to see that 10th game out of him? And if we do see the 10th game, is he going to stick around for the whole year? And I don't think anybody has the answer to that question yet. I don't even think the Rangers have an answer to that question. And I'll tell you what, it's game nine, and he's played so well that we just got to, you know, kind of figure out what's happening. That's a good problem to have, a really good problem to have. And I'm not sure the Rangers are going to get there, but we'll see. I mean, optimistically, I I just don't know – uh, I said ECL again, didn't I? ELC. Mike makes fun of me for this. I don't know why I say ECL. I have no idea. Entry-level contract. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Anywho, he played with talented players. He fit on the power play. He made things happen. Period. End of story. You really can't ask for much more out of a guy who turned 18, what, three weeks ago? I think that was as impressive of a showing as you're going to get out of a player in the preseason. Um, And I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't know if he's top two or if he's a a top six player right now, but I wouldn't mind him being a top nine player on the third line that gets some sheltered minutes. I wouldn't mind seeing him and Bukznevich together. I just, there's a lot to unpack here. And I just think that having Hedl around is a really good sign for the New York Rangers because it means that they're at least somewhat connected to the idea that youth is going to get them to where they need to go. And I think that's a good thing. more Hedl, the better. Everybody was blown away by him. Everybody. And it's an entry-level contract. ELC, not ECL. ECL sounds so much easier to say. ACL, MCL, PCL. Just take it. Um, any other thoughts on Heedle and the the lineup, Mike? Yeah, on the spot?
2: I, I, yeah, I did want to say one more thing.
0: Even if this is just we give them,
2: you know, a cup of coffee, give them a chance for nine games just for October or whatever, I think this is the right message to send to an organization that for the first time has a lot of young prospects that are worth getting excited about because – you can point to, you know, like, hey, this is what happens when, you know, you work hard and you exceed expectations and you do all the right things. You'll get your chance. And we haven't – we've seen, you know, with with Hayes and VC and everything, you know, and Shea took – you know, had to develop in Hartford. But a lot of times we see it like, yeah – you know the rangers signed Hayes or they signed VC and it's a foregone conclusion that they make the team like they it's they they would have to do a lot to not make the team and this i think is a very good message to send to a team that for the first time in a while does have these kind of prospects where yeah you know it's it's almost impossible to turn him away after what he did he earned it and the sad thing is i think like you're saying joe in many ways, it feels like Anderson earned it, too. It, it, he just doesn't have the same kind of offensive flash to his game, and he didn't look – I mean, there were times where Hedl where looked dominant. He looked excellent. Granted, it's preseason, and it's not against full NHL lineups and all that, but his puck management, uh, his vision, you know, his just knowing what to do in that crucial 10 feet around the net, I mean – He made he had three points, but he very easily could have had what like seven. Yeah. There's so much to be excited for him. Go ahead. I agree with you on the
1: Lias thing with Lea's with the Anderson. I (laughs) agree with you on Lea's Anderson about him looking ready, and I was a little bit surprised the decision was made so soon. But I think what what it comes down to for him is there really isn't anyone for him to play under here. You know, you want him to be this strong two way center. If we still had Stepan, I would say please stay, please stay, play with Stepan, understand exactly what he does. Help have him help you to adapt to the NHL game a little bit more. But we don't have that. We have the Banja who has to learn how to be a first line center, which he's never done in his career. We have Hayes, who I don't think is the best person to learn from because he's been all over the place in the lineup. You have Miller who's a natural center according to the Rangers and only the Rangers. And it doesn't make oh, sense. Man. If it, it would make no sense for him to stay here if they weren't positive about it. Because if it doesn't work out if they spend those nine games, they're going to send him to Hartford, kind of still a mess, but hasn't exactly figured out what they're doing. So you're better off sending him somewhere he'll develop in the right way. And also, he's going to play with Joel Lundquist. And I can't stress this enough how important that is. Because we're worried if about you want to learn.
0: keep making me. We were worried about Zuki. That's Stanley, he's just pissed.
1: Zuki went on a walk. Actually, I heard her like freaking out, and I muted the thing because she was flipping out, storming around to get a walk, even though she went on one like an hour ago.
0: Zuki.
2: Stanley must have heard Shayna spitting hot fire there. Shayna calling he out them. everybody.
0: He was, he was pissed or scared. I don't know. He gets he barks when he's scared, which I don't understand is, like a as a defense mechanism. Dogs bark when they're scared, but why would you draw attention and to yourself? And
1: the also, you're trying um, to be the, the tail will wag, and I don't get that. You're, you're not happy. Don't wag your tail.
0: Well, so I read that if a dog is wagging its tail to the left, it's uncertain about whatever's happening. And if a dog wags its tail to the right, it's happy.
1: You mean so like if it starts in the, the fur it's going left to right, you mean? or
0: it's... Yeah, like if you look at the tail, the orient will be to the like. To the left.
1: I gotta go. Study rather than the, the right. Man.
0: You know in the tail like my Stanley spins his tail. I don't know how else to describe it. He spins his tail like the minute hand of a clock.
1: No, Zeus does the sp- same thing.
0: So if she's spinning it to the right, she's happy. And then if she spins hmm. it to the left, she's uncertain.
1: Hmm. See hers so, it's not go. just the tail, it's the ears. She has shame ears. If she's scared like uh, it's like they're painted back. And then if she gets really excited, like think Dobby from Harry Potter, like they get they go down like that, and then she's really happy they go up too, and her butt wiggles. So like she's she's really easy to read, and also like she makes noises when she gets really excited, so like you could tell.
0: Like when she's attacking her mortal enemy, the bubble blower in the pool.
1: She loves that. She just she loves it. She always has since like the first time like she was out there with the filter. She jumped on it like that, and we had no idea what to expect. And she's even like outright jumped into the pool to attack it.
0: See that? We're here talking about Heedle. We're here talking about dogs. Doesn't get much better than this. This is as good as it gets. No,
1: definitely. And Stanley as and Zuki as are as Ranger it. dogs, so it, it all fits.
0: Even more true. They are that's Ranger dogs. That's why
2: people in the Philippines listen to this show. <laughs>
0: goddamn right. That's why. Um, okay, I totally lost our train of thought. I apologize. Uh, okay. Here, I have a concern that I would like to share with all of you because – concern. Oh, wait a minute. We have a question. We have a question. question. Arvor Green, in the event he should be sent down after nine games, do you think it would be better to send Hedl to the AHL or back to Zlin? Because unlike Anderson, I don't know how much he'll benefit from going back to the Czech Republic if he can get top six minutes in Hartford. That, God damn it, that is a good question, a really good question. Um, does anyone want to jump in before before I say my answer? I don't want to go first. Um, my, gut I, uh, gut
3: my gut says
0: Europe your gut says Europe my gut says Europe too for like, what it's worth
1: how i I would guess Europe, but also like if we see let's say this is by game twelve, they decide, okay, just kidding, you shouldn't be here like they can see what Hartford's doing and to start the season and see if it looks any better. But I I still don't have much faith in Hartford yet. Like, we will get there.
3: Yeah, that's that's my take
2: on it, too. I I don't want – like, I I think it would be a shame to be like, hey, uh, good luck developing on a team that finished with the worst record they've ever had last season. And granted, Hartford's undergone a lot of changes, but that's a pretty weird fire to throw a prospect like that into
1: especially a forward. Like, I think if, yeah. if, if he was a defenseman, maybe I'd be like, you know what? That's an interesting idea. Because you look at it, you know, defensemen have developed there, and it's been okay. I know it was under different coaching. But also, um, this is my fan bias talking completely, but Brian Leach is there, and he's working with the prospect. You saw him when they were getting ready for the prospect tournament. You saw him on the ice. If I want a defenseman to be good, I want them to learn from the best. And I think – if they have someone promising enough, like maybe Graves, you'll see Leach working with him if that's, you know, he's going to be closer to a Hartford organization in that way. So for a forward, it doesn't make as much sense But like, a on maybe.
0: Okay, so I have two thoughts. The first thought is Shana's point, which is, I, at this point, I am totally untrusting of anything that happens in Hartford until proven otherwise. It's just, I'm sorry, but the, that has been such a – a breeding ground of disappointment that I I just, no, no. I don't want him there. I don't want him anywhere near there. I think the one reason why you would want him in Hartford is the smaller ice surface. Because unlike Anderson, Heedle is a guy that uses his speed and his creativity on the wings a lot, at least from what I've seen from him. However, I think we saw in the preseason, Anderson, shockingly, for me, had a much more difficult time with the smaller ice surface than Hedl did. The reason I sent him back to the Czech Republic, if I'm Jeff Gordon, if he even goes, he's playing against men and he's going to play a huge role for that team. Top line minutes and who knows what his his usage would be in, in Hartford, unfortunately. But all things equal, I would rather him play with men in the Czech Republic than play in the AHL. And I do think there are merits to the AHL. First of all, he would play 80 games, and that would help. But I think he's going to get a huge role in Europe, and that goes a really long way. He'll play some international games. I just I think the development for him there is based on role and expectation where he's the guy, and he has to be the guy, we're on Hartford. He doesn't have to be the guy. Just my take. Um,
2: yeah. And that's what we heard with justification for Anderson
0: going there for Lunda is
2: he'll go there and he's expected to be on the power plane and the top six, you know, he's expected to be a featured forward there. And it's not like Hartford is terribly deep, but I think having a guy like that in a role there where he's comfortable, he knows that, you know, he knows that environment and everything, and like Shane said there's veterans like like a Joel Unquist there to to work with who really you know it's it's not a bad role model and i know that you know Joel didn't make a big impression on the NHL but he has had a lot of success in Europe um we see we saw that decision and it, it kind of fits into what Joe just said i think which is you know what you're getting if you send them there and right now like the, the point that Shana made, I don't think anyone knows what the hell is going to happen with Hartford, especially if the Rangers are going to kind of hold on to guys like Camper and, and carry and, you know, maybe not send them down right away. I mean, Carey is if they, if the, if the Rangers lose carry on waivers, it's like, Oh, oh well, but in Hartford, it's a huge, terrible thing to happen to, to the Wolfpack. So we'll have to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think, Carey was really impressive, I have to say. But you don't make these decisions based on losing a guy to waivers when they're 29 years old, and they've never really had a more than a cup of coffee in the NHL. So not that that really has anything to do with the question about Ketel, but when you look at a guy like Ketel, that's the type of guy that you think, okay, am I taking a spot away from him? What's the deal here? What are we doing? And... When you look at a guy like Carey, it's, oh, he's going to be a great AHL player, but who, what impact is he actually going to have on the NHL side of things? So what I try to think about is that long-term development aspect, and this is where the two ideas intertwine. If he is not going to play for the Rangers, if he could be guaranteed top-line minutes in Hartford, fine. I think the AHL wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But there's just something about being the guy and knowing that you're the guy that makes a big difference in ter- just in terms of the mental development of a player. And on the flip side, in terms of carry, the Rangers can throw him wherever the hell they want in this lineup. There is no downside to that. I totally get carry sticking around if he is a carryover. See what I did there? And that is uh, that's what you pay for, oh. folks. Um, if he is a carryover for the whole, we need to just bridge the gap between when fast is not here and when he returns from health. That sentence didn't make sense, and that's because Shana mentioned Vukcevic in the AHL in our chat, and I just—I was I, kidding. I, I was kidding. I, was I know, but I—did I like, you hear what I said? I didn't even—it wasn't even words.
1: He returns from yeah. health when he returns from health. When
0: he health, returns was, from health, heads. returns from health. That's not even. Yeah, oh, God, I was not ready for that. When Dexter
1: returns to help, I mean, if no. If Carrie is here, to help.
0: if Carrie is here to simply be the guy, the the stopgap, that's fine. Because if he plays two minutes a night, it doesn't matter. There's no, de- you're not going to lose a, any development on a 29 year old. They are what they are. So that I get, I get Anderson going to Sweden. I have no issues with that. A couple of people freaked out about that. I have no issues with that whatsoever my issue will come from guys not getting opportunities that they should have. Like if D'Angelo starts the year as the seventh defenseman, a la Dylan McElrath last year, I'm going to have a huge, huge problem me with the, the evaluation of this team. And the flip side of that, I don't want stall on that third pair. I'd rather hold and install. And I don't know. Let's let me flip the switch on this for a minute. Shane, I'm putting you on the spot because Mike gets nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think Holden is going to be here by opening night?
1: Um, I kind of think he might be here by opening night, but I don't know if he'll be here much longer than that. I think a lot of teams want to see how their teams perform off the bat in the regular season. And I also think teams want to see what Vegas is going to do because they have what, like nine defensemen still. So I think they'll be the easiest team to deal with because you can get a Vegas wants to, you know, hoard up on these draft picks. So a third, fourth-round pick you can trade for a mediocre defenseman, they're going to jump at the chance. So I think they might be where teams go to first before they go to Nick Holden, honestly. But I, I can't see him staying on this team much longer than that unless Vigneault's like, you know what, Nick, you're really good on the second pair. Stay forever. In which case, I quit watching.
0: Which we could – I mean, this is the head coach that played Stall and Holden over Smith and Shea down the, mm-hmm. uh, down the old hatch in the playoffs. So uh, I think I said on Twitter – I'm not going to say I'm lot, holding a grudge,
1: but I'm holding a grudge.
0: The issue is – and, Mike, I'm going to let you answer the question that I asked Shana in a minute. The, the real issue is there are a million different ways to overthink – the things Vigneault does and says because he just, he's a master of coach. Speak the Rangers are very vague in their personnel decisions, if that makes sense. So I look at this roster and I can totally see just every wrong decision being made because that's what we've been accustomed to at this point. Vigneault needs to earn the benefit of the doubt, but the Rangers also have what very well could be, very good roster decisions out of this. You know, Kiedel's getting those those minutes. If D'Angelo and Holden are the third pair, that's not the worst thing in the world. I like the forward lineups that we saw today, that we've discussed. You just need to earn it. And Vigneault has not earned that band of trust yet, like it or not. I don't think it's negative to say that, because we've seen so much evidence, so much evidence, Shane is wondering if Gordon is behind the good roster moves, which is, I don't think that's a bad, all right, hang on. Before we get to that, Mike, answer the question that I asked.
2: Yeah, it, it's tricky right now. I think It—I think the real question is, would the Rangers be comfortable with campers at 7C? But given the contract he signed and just kind of what his, you know, everyone knows what Steven Camper is. He's an AHL defenseman. I think because of that, I I don't think we'll see Holden move right away. I think he's there for opening night, but I do think he's the seventh D. Um, like you, Joe, I would prefer if Stahl was that seventh D, but we've talked about how that's just not going to happen. So that's where I am on that. If you want to move forward with your other thing.
0: Shana, why don't you expand on the thoughts that you shared with us in our private okay. chat, where Mike continues to make us laugh?
1: I I don't even like I have it in a separate tab. I can't look at it. I'll be laughing this entire time. Um, I don't trust Vigno like at all. I think every opportunity he had to show that he wasn't as stubborn as he is, and that he could make adjustments. He screwed it up. He had every opportunity. I mean, you had the example in the playoffs when he finally let Holden and install be the third pair on sheltered minutes, and it was like, cool, here you go, Shea, uh, Shea and Smith, go do your thing. And they were good, and Stone and Holden weren't bad either, and he switched it back to the next game. So it's kind of like, I don't understand how you evaluate things. Gordon, on the other hand, I think has had a handle on this for the most part of last year. I think he could have acted sooner than he did, but the whole thing with Smith worked out. You saw him with signing the younger defensemen and doing all that kind of stuff and trying to replenish Hartford. So it was like, okay, you see what's going on. You see how to fix it. And then all during this offseason, you saw he bought out Girardi. He didn't re-sign he got you And he played his cards really well, except for the step-on thing. I still, I'm still a little bit iffy on that because I don't know how is going to be used. And I think as much as you want to get players that'll make your roster better, you also have to know your coach a little bit, and it's kind of like, did you make the right move there? And also, are these things going to work out? And did you replace on well enough? Which is going to be my question forever. But I think that he's this entire offseason, it's like these. Are, this is Gorton's team now, and he stepped up and he was much more aggressive than he had ever been. And you see he brought in Lindy Ruff. It obviously steps on Vigneault's toes. Even if everyone's going to say, no, this is great. This is what we wanted. This is for the best it's going to step on his toes. This is a guy that was in consideration for the same job as him. So it's like you can say that at coming out of one side of your mouth, but it's like on the other side, like don't, like, don't bullshit. Can I, can I curse?
0: Well, you did. So. I, well, you not... just did. I did. You I'm just sorry. You did. I'm
1: sorry. I realized, like, as it came out of my mouth. Well... Crap I, think on we a curse a a I think we
0: okay. can curse
2: a little. Honestly. A little. Okay, okay.
1: I'm sorry. We're <laughs> typically rated
0: per everybody on iTunes, but... We can't. I'm pretty. Yeah, whatever. Mike curses all the time. Okay. Mike floats epsons in okay. here often.
1: All right. I do not. I just like it came out of my mouth and I was like, no. Wait. Never curse
0: okay. <laughs> the play. Pure the Yeah. On him.
1: yeah I, I'll I'll try not to. That it slipped out. My bad. But yeah. I don't worry. Don't
2: it's think... all bullshit. Do we do?
1: Okay. I, I just don't think that uh, Vigneault is as, like, set on everything that Gorton was doing. It was kind of like, these are my plans. I'm stepping up and I'm doing the thing, and you're going to follow it, and you're going to like it because you work under me. And I just don't know if Vigneault was on the same page and was like, cool, this is my team, or if it was like, this is your team. And I, I, I don't know because, like, as we were saying, Vigneault's so good at the coach speaking. He's going to say the right thing to an extent. But it also kind of sounded like he was saying it behind, like, grinding his teeth. Like, when they talked to him at the draft, they were like, are you happy with what they did? Like, we know you lost your toy. In glass, but like on a bigger scale, like, are, are, did you honestly think Girardi was good because it seemed that way? So are you upset by that one? So I, uh, I I'm not positive. Team Here's it is, what but I'll, I'll say on
0: I, the, the Gordon AV front. I would be astounded if Gordon didn't sit down with AV and tell him, Hey, listen, these are the directions that we're going to move in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, where I do, I don't think it's like you said, hey, this is my team, like Gordon's saying that. I think it's more, hey, this is the direction that we're going to go in. And getting rid of Girardi was a start. Trading Stepan to bring in D'Angelo feels like a Gordon move because AB's track record with young defensemen is not a good one. So. Is this Gordon just kind of – I don't necessarily want to say saying, uh, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. I just think it's a little bit more along the lines of Gordon and A.V. sitting down and Gordon saying this is the direction that we need to go in as a team. We need to get younger. We need to focus on speed. We need to focus on skill. And the way the Rangers drafted fit that mold. The moves the Rangers made over the summer fit that mold. The the stall Holden thing is, is still somewhat concerning, and I don't really know what the Rangers' plan was for Step Was it this? I doubt it. I doubt the Rangers anticipated that they were going to have a draft pick that they drafted this year playing center on opening night. I, I just don't see it as something that they sat down and they were like, "Oh, this is this is definitely the direction that that we want to go in." So what happens? It means that Gordon and A.V. had something of a plan, and this was the something of a plan. This maybe was like the, oh, my God, we don't know what we're going to do about on. We'll just do it. And that's kind of where I think the Rangers are right now. But you're going to get a lot of answers about how A.V. is looking at at this situation and the evolution of his coaching ideologies over the next couple of, of days. That opening night roster is going to speak volumes about the way this team is moving. And I don't have an issue with the maybe these more shelter-needing lines. I don't have an issue with giving Hedo big minutes, because the Rangers, you would think, have the defense that's good enough to say, hey, we can pick up those mistakes that we never could before. Oh, and Henrik Lundqvist is still behind us. I don't know. I've said a lot of words. Mike, say things.
2: There's, I think there's a lot to be encouraged about from looking at this forward group minus uh, Desjardins. Um I don't think any of us know why he's still here, but I don't think any of us also really believe he'll get that contract. There's, I, I, I'm i kind of right where Shana is with, I'd like Hayes on that second line instead of, instead of he'll just, in many ways, just to like protect him, you know, play him in that sheltered role, let him have, you know, let him learn the game a little bit more in, you know, with the stakes a little bit lower on a third line. And the Rangers will have a really good third line, um, pretty much whoever's on it, because that's the sort of depth the Rangers have at wing. But I see a lot of potential with this roster. And like you said, Joe, no one fought first like a Rangers first round pick at center nonetheless was making the roster out of opening night, which is only good news unless you fully believe that the plan with Stefan was just, I don't know, we'll trade him and we'll hope for the best. (laughs) But uh, I really don't think that an organization would do that, you know, with a guy who, you know, was very popular in New York And, you know, he had, you know, he had the playoffs he had and everything, but Stepan was not just a guy to throw away and say, you know, oh, we created the cap space and yada, yada, yada. There's a lot to like about this team. I think even with all the excitement with Fiedel, there's still a big question mark at center. Uh, I still don't know what exactly will happen with Hartford. And of course that third pair is, is a mess, but, I'll toss it over to Shayna now because I run out of things to say.
3: Um,
1: yeah, the, the started Hayes this. thing... Yeah, I did. The Hayes thing, though, like... I mean, we don't know if the fourth line is going to be... if it's going to be the third or fourth line with all those defenses. And it's, and I think it's super important to find that out first because that way it kind of does make Hayes and Hedl a little more interchangeable. Because you might want Hedl with Nash and uh, Zuccarella to start. You might decide that... Miller, Heedle, Nash might be better, or, like, any combination. And if they're all in offensive roles, that middle six is, like, really interchangeable. I think my problem with it is um, that we, we, we really don't know yet, and I don't think bar- – It's it comes down to the same thing. Like, do you, do you really want to bury Hayes, and do you want to bury Miller that way again? And do you really think Gravner, Miller, Hayes is a good line? Because, like – Eh. They weren't really. So it's like A V, can you look a little past them?
2: Yeah. Do we can we expect Gravner to score, you know, twenty percent shooting again? But I have a question to pose to both of you. We'll start with Shana. because um, I know you have opinions on this. Is mm-hmm. is V C on the fourth line the right place for him?
1: No. I think it's I think it's like a page right of Vigneault's book though. I think he likes to take players that show an offensive spark and maybe a little bit of defensive instincts and it's like, good, I'm going to bury you in it and you're going to get really good at it. And it works out for some players like Ryan Kessler. It doesn't work out for all players. Like Kevin Hayes, you know, it's like, cool. It's nice that you know how to do that, but that really isn't your thing. I don't think it's VC's thing. I think VC should be really strong as a two-way player. I think burying him in it is not a good idea. If they decided, let's have our fourth line be more offensive, it's kind of like, That's what you're giving him to work with. You're gonna have like Carey, uh, Darnay, VC. It it really doesn't make sense, and it's really consistent also with how he coaches with like Hayes. You would see him like you know he had a better role the first year than the second year. It was like he was a fourth line player again. VC was in the middle six for the most part this year. He is he should be in Grabner's place. You should go Grabner, Darnay, Carey, and then when he's back, you have Grabner, Darnay, Foss, and you have one of the best fourth lines that you could have. It, it might be a little bit of a step down from Oscar, but I'm sure they'll get there and get the chemistry that you want. And then you have Hayes, Miller, VC, which should work out. VC and Hayes were playing really well together, so I, I don't get it at all. What about you? Uh,
0: the Rangers have a, a nasty habit of taking what could potentially be an amazing fourth line and not using the fourth line the way that they should. Um, And it, it upsets me greatly. VC I think, did some really impressive things in the preseason. And I don't know why. We saw last year that forcing Hayes into a sort of defensive role was really not a good idea. So I don't know how you then turn around and say,
3: <laughs> "Oh God,
0: <laughs> what? Oh, we've ruined the podcast. The podcast is totally ruined. I apologize. We just, I finally entered the gift contest, and it, it's of a woman who like jumps off a trampoline on to try to slide on a little plastic slide." And the slide explodes. <laughs> it, it, what was he
1: thinking, though? I'm sorry, that's I, a, I, like
0: do, I don't know.
1: We're <laughs> not gonna smile. slide on your feet.
0: It was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was spectacular. Oh
1: you my god, that so is... bad. Well, yeah, she wasn't even... But
0: that's the thing. Like, learn basic physics. If you're gonna slide down a slide, you need to come in at a somewhat horizontal angle, so that you can. You're not just falling into it like some type of a behemoth. She comes down like a meteor and just destroys the thing. Uh, I
2: wish you guys could see that. she doesn't this. jump she's on the all, uh, trampoline
1: though. She does not jump the on most the trampoline. get a lot more height.
2: The most troubling <laughs> thing to me is there's a trampoline and a child slide. So the chances are she's a mother, which is just not. Yeah, good. <laughs> the
0: chances are that she's a mother. You know what I think we,
2: child, we you should you honestly do. do
1: something stupid. I'll do it for you.
0: I have a, I have a great idea. I think I'm going to put on the Patreon page every week. It's going to be the gift that makes us laugh live on the air, and I'm going to post it so that everybody can see what it is. Because
3: like this that.
0: feels like like people like people should see they should see this, because then they'll understand. They'll look at it and they'll be like, "Oh my God, how what is this woman thinking?" Um, oh my God, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh God, Mike, that was Weezy. funny. That Weezy. was really funny. Yeah, so we put Hayes in that role. (laughs) We put Hayes in that role, and it didn't work. (laughs) So why are you going to put VC in that role? You're you're just – and again, but okay, so here's the next question that comes from this now that I have somewhat of my wits about me. We've seen Fast get pushed into a top six and a top nine role when he doesn't deserve it. Is that another situation? Are we going to look at something like that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to these questions, and that's what I was trying to get at before. There is an opportunity here for the Rangers to do all the right things. There is also an opportunity for them to jump off of a trampoline and just careem down like a meteor and destroy a child's life. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. I don't like VC on the fourth line. I think if you put Grabner on the fourth line... You, you, you turn that line, if you grab Aaron Fast on the fourth line, and then whoever the center is, you're going to have a relatively, so long as it's not um, Desjardins, or not Desjardins, Desjardins you're, go, you're going to have a good fourth line. I, I, I just, I don't know what the Rangers are going to do. And you, you can't honestly try to predict just based off today's lineup, but I, I do think things are looking up for a guy like Kiedel. Uh, I'd like to stay positive about D'Angelo because I don't think McElrath was in any type of scenario where he was looking like he was going to play in the opening night roster. But is that a concern for you guys? That was the other question I wanted to ask. Um, is, is there a concern with D'Angelo getting the McElrath treatment?
2: Ooh, that's a
0: great question.
2: I, I think the best question
0: it's the best question since
2: your first one. This podcast that you also compliment yeah, yeah. yourself on. Um,
0: what are you sending me? I, son of a bitch? I think.
2: Listen, we already had Shane say bullshit. You can't say bitch. Uh, right. I I think that's a one legitimate concern. One curse per
1: podcast. It's,
2: yeah, it's the is it one curse each or, or just rules. one straight? All right, it's probably ahead. just one. But anyway. Uh, that is, I I think it's a legitimate concern. There's so much weirdness with it. Like Holden is inconsistent, and as in, like I remember all last season, just my it was my running joke of what is Holden, what what's a Holden, because we couldn't figure out what the hell he was with his goals and everything. Um, but as inconsistent as he was playing the left side, when the Rangers moved him to the right, he looked even worse. And with that being said, I don't know how D'Angelo would lose that spot to him. But the thing is, we know all the things we said about Glenn Denning. And we know the things we said about McElrath at times. I we also know for a fact that like how often did we see last you know, last season Shea with, you know, he would be a little too aggressive or make the sort of, you know, the penalty mistakes in front of the net that young D make. And then all of a sudden he's barely playing at even strength. I mean, you know, barely playing anymore. We know that D'Angelo kind of has a short fuse. He has a temper. He plays with an edge. There's a lot of little parts to that given AV's track record that I think is cause for concern because it's just a little too easy, I think, for AV to squander what, I know a lot of people were disappointed to see Pionk go down, but D'Angelo looked just as good as Pionk. I mean, Pionk's goal was sensational, but he can be here soon. But D'Angelo looked great to me, and I went into the preseason expecting him to be good, um, but having my reservations about him because of the, the attitude issues and the off-the-ice off stuff. But he did nothing but impress me. Right now, I think he's done enough to earn that sixth or fifth defensive spot. And especially, like, I comfortably, very comfortably rank him ahead of Stahl and Holden right now, and Camper goes without saying. But I don't think we can confidently say that's true of A.V. So, I don't know. It's it's really tricky. I think we're right to be worried about that, Joe, just because – You know, uh, Shane has said in the chat that Ruff has had a history with with playing young D, and that's a very good point to raise, too. Maybe I'll let her jump in on that in a second. But I, there's too many things that point to this has to be D'Angelo's job to lose. But I really want it to, you know, if he does lose it, I want it to be for a good reason. I don't want it to be for perceived mistakes or... You know, he's a liability in some way or, you know, Vino says, look how many turnovers he has, ignoring the fact that he's getting pucks out of his own zone more frequently than a guy like Stahl is. I want I want him to lose the job if he only if he really loses it for himself. Anyway, Sheen, I'll let you say things
1: now. Um, I agree with basically, I mean, I agree with everything you said, really. I think the thing with the turnovers is also you have to keep in mind what what style of play it is. He's an offensive defenseman. He he needs to not suck defensively. Like, don't get me wrong. He definitely doesn't – you need him to still be solid enough that you can have him play without it being a concern always. But you look at the guys like, you know, a P.K. Subban and Brent Burns, their, takeo- their giveaways are always high because they play that style of play. So you do have to take them with a grain of salt, and that is definitely a concern because if he has that – is it going to be taken with a grain of salt? Or are they going to go? Well, this is the risk of playing an offensive style. It's a risk with a reward because for a guy like Nick Holden to AV, it was. It was totally worth the risk, even though that risk continuously burned you, even in even like in a double overtime where he thought, "Let me pinch here." So, I I want him to be held to the same standard as other defensemen, unless he does something stupid. If he does something stupid, it's like uh, inappropriate or something a lot of penalties and things like that that's another story but if he does things you know his actual playing he he needs to be held to the same standard if you would allow Holden to play making those same mistakes that we saw all season then you have to let D'Angelo play because at least he'll play through them and can get better a guy like Holden he's not going to change his stripes at what 30 31 like it just isn't the way it goes I'm a little bit concerned about their handling of him I think it's really important that they're careful with him because they spent so much to bring him in and I don't want that to be, like, overhanging him forever, you know, oh, well, we lost on for you. But it's also, like, for right now, for this season, we lost on for you. We lost Ronson for you. You need to be good. And you need to train him adequately so he can be good. Even if that means mixing it up and going, okay, Stahl, you're going to play with Smith a little bit. Shea, you're going to play with D'Angelo a little bit because Stahl plus D'Angelo might not work out neither will. Holden plus D'Angelo, we, re- we really don't know. But it doesn't seem right now that either will really complement him that well. So it- it's something they're going to have to be really conscious about and really careful about. And that's my only – the thing you said about uh, Ruff. if he's willing to play young players, I think that's great. That's something he's done before, willing to take chances on him. I don't know how willing he is with second chances, but I know he'll give him that first chance, and that's what he needs to start.
0: Do we trust the Rangers though? I think that's always
1: the
0: no. That's always the million dollar question because we've been hurt too many I times. Trust the
2: Rangers like I trust a mountain lion in my
0: family room. Well, do you trust a oh. mountain lion in your family room? Maybe it's a trained mountain lion. Not at all. Not even mm-hmm. a little bit. It is not a trained.
2: I was one. Reading what are you about... trusting okay. him
1: with? Are you trusting him to I be was himself? Are about... you trusting him to be himself? He could tear up your couch.
2: Well, I was reading about mountain lion attacks today, and why? I gotta oh, tell you, I, I don't. Why? Just for reason. It's a, it's it's hard no to million explain million. what happens to me during the day.
0: But I, I was reading about alligator attacks
2: why. first. I was curious about how, where alligators were in America because I thought alligators might be in Texas because I saw the Red Dead Redemption Two trailer and there was an alligator in it. So I said, Ooh, I wonder where it, alligators it, are. It, 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 in the continental United States, and I said, ha, they are in eastern Texas. And then I said, I wonder where mountain lions are. And then I was reading about mountain lion attacks and how they always attack people from behind, and it's horrific. Anyway, that was
0: my day. Uh, I'm sorry. So did that have to do with you trusting mountain lions? (laughs) Yeah, the point is I learned from reading
2: about how mountain lions frequently attack people from behind uh, that you cannot trust them. They're shifty. And they murder things with their mouths every day.
0: Their mouth mm. I mean, it's, it's food for them.
2: Uh, yeah,
3: but...
1: If you're trusting a mountain I mean, lion to be itself, that's what you should anticipate, though. Yeah. We're, we're trusting him to not be himself. And I don't trust him to not be himself. I, I trust Shana, him to be himself.
2: The the mistake you're making here is you're trying to make sense of this. and I'm trying. It's a very... It's a very fair thing to happen. I'm, I understand I, I why it you would did make, make sense of it, though. I don't want okay. to. I want to talk about if mountain tr- lions now.
0: Well, listen, if you trust a mountain or lion to Puma, be a mountain or lion.
2: Cougar. Or a cougar.
0: Or a cassowary. What is the bird? Cassowary? Well, is a- it a cassowary?
2: Assowary.
1: I, I don't know what that even is.
0: Well, oh. a, a, I want to say like six months ago, <laughs> we did... <laughs> the uh what was it extinct birds the the extinct no what what
2: flightless bird what flightless bird are you most scared of And the correct I theory, believe I like ostrich,
0: because ostriches are, are
2: I goddamn respected scary your,
1: they are they That are was terrified.
3: a
2: very respectable guess. I mean like answer not guess because it's opinion. but I respected that that answer Joe because they're so damn big and they have the largest toenail on the planet
1: Oh, I did They're,
2: not know that. They also have the, the largest single cell on the planet is an ostrich
0: egg.
3: Well, really? Hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, what, have we asked Shana the, if there was an apocalypse and you can only use one medieval weapon, what weapon would you choose? Oh, that's
1: uh, a great that's, question,
0: for her because I have a story.
1: What kind okay, of medieval good. weapons Shana, do I have available to me? Any, any, any anything
0: weapon. free gunpowder age. Huh? What would you select? I I won this game, by the way. I selected the correct answer. Oh.
2: Joe I think did win this.
0: It was a very good this answer.
1: This is hard. Keep
0: in mind. You can't
1: you, This is you're like not, uh, you can't be worse than
0: Beth. Beth had the worst answer possible. Yeah.
2: Oh, Beth was terrible. This isn't like zombie apocalypse. This is just like the world's over and people are stealing each other's stuff. It's like the movie The Road. Also, the book. Hmm.
1: Do you have like power and electricity and stuff or no? No,
2: no. no.
1: Then, like a sword, do you get multiple swords? Like, I'm like, I want a sword because can't you like try to? I'm going to sound like an idiot if I'm wrong. But you've You've like, you're
3: already already
0: wrong.
2: Bless your heart.
0: Bone arrow
1: shield? I don't know.
0: uh, Bone arrow is closer. An arbalist is the correct answer.
1: I have no yeah. How do you even spell that? It's basically what a crossbow. You
2: know?
0: It's a medieval crossbow. It's like a yeah. It's like a an I believe elite Beth said a great sword, which just not a good answer. At least a regular it's sword a you can yeah. sort of defend yourself, but yeah, no. A great sword you get
2: one good swing. If you miss it, it's game over.
0: Yep. Hmm. Mike, you're anyway, Joe.
2: I wanted so again my life being what it is. The other day I was watching vice documentaries and uh, on YouTube and there is a, every year it happens in New Jersey. There's like a qualifying thing where people wear full medieval armor and Hmm. it's like medieval MMA. You beat the shit out of each other with real swords and stuff. Not they're just all blunted, but the whole rule is like whoever goes down first. And they hold, like, tournaments in Portugal where it's, like, 16-on-16 16 16 melees and stuff, and there's, like, a world championship and everything. It's crazy. Are you going to be joining? My, my point is that you and I have to join it now with, with
0: Arbalists, which I don't think they allow. We do. With the Arbalists, just, just sniping people from the corner. <laughs> just destruction. The Arbalists, you're, you, you have, it's a long-distance weapon. Upon. You could just shoot... Honestly, all right, I'm going to say this. The honest worst answer you can give is a catapult. That is the worst no, answer. I want a
1: catapult. You can, I, I know you why can people make would a catapult out, that. out of anything. I
0: don't know why people would be drawn to that, but the second worst answer is a great sword. That's just not. No. I would shoot you right in the face with my arbalist before you even you know get what close. I
2: think? You know what I think would suck is the, the morning star, the ball and chain thing? Because I would imagine you'd hit yourself at some point and feel like an idiot.
1: Or I would totally hit myself.
2: The flail. I, die. I feel like if oh, you no. could use like a
1: bowl and chain thing, if you were to use it like a skip it though, I'm your girl. I'll kill it. But with the hand <laughs> and stuff, no.
0: So just to confirm, oh it is an God. apocalypse. So you're bringing a skip it. <laughs> I'm
1: just I am just saying, want to make I'm sure I have this a right. Ball and chain, you're saying you're swinging I it I around haven't thought and you're going to hit yourself
2: in I, skip I, it was,
1: I definitely still have one, and it has it's light up. I got it for my birthday. It had like blue and red lights on uh, it, and it was really cool.
2: Skip it was it literally want want the last clock buffers. The last. You have to get your I do daughter. Not
1: get skip these it, things. No. Yeah, you totally do. And get a crazy Daisy. A
3: crazy called called baby. Crazy Daisy. Do
1: you crazy guys daisy. know what a crazy Daisy is?
3: No. Oh my goodness. It's like
1: a sprinkler and it goes in the ground and it's like a big stem that comes up. It looks like a giant daisy and the water comes oh. out of the center of the daisy and it all over like really
3: randomly. so It's
1: much better than a regular sprinkler.
2: I was sexist. as I've, had a, crazy I said
1: I'm, I've I'm, had a crazy I'm going to make you a list of things, Joe, that you need like Pretty Pretty Princess and all that crap.
2: I apologize yeah. for being a sexist dirtbag.
0: Man. It's fine. What is happening?
1: I don't know.
2: Did you know that that manatees have fingernails, Joe?
0: I did not know that, but manatee is one of my favorite whales. It's not a whale, so.
3: It's just own
0: animal. It it is a a marine mammal. Oh, wait. All right. You know what? You might be right.
3: (laughs) Whales fall under the family (laughs)
2: cetacea or cetaceans, Joe. Did you know that orcas are not whales? That they're porpoises. I did not know whales,
1: that one either.
0: Ranking whales: the blue whale, then the sperm. The blue whale. Uh,
2: sperm I whale, badass. They oh, look oh. awesome.
0: They,
2: what they're did you covered think you were in
0: talking about? Giant squids.
1: Giant squids. I gotta Google this stuff. Like I know what a blue
0: whale is. Uh, they just destroy whaling ships, just absolutely annihilate whaling ships. Um, Good job. They don't even look like sperm, really, so I don't know why they're called sperm whales. But And, yes, they because get with enough? colossal squid.
3: Oh, Would you like to know why they're called looking. sperm whales? Joe?
0: Sure, Michael.
2: Well, I read a book. They made a bad movie about it, but I read a book many years ago. It's called In the Heart of the Sea by Nathaniel Philbrick. It's about Nantucket and the uh, the whaling industry in America back in the day. and sperm whales uh, there would be when you killed a sperm whale, you'd you know you get it for the blubber to render it down, and you get oil. um but inside of a sperm whale's head, there was like a special kind of oil or no, it was like a there's a weird fluid like it was called like spermaceti or something. And it looked a lot like, you know, sperm. Anyway, long story short, they it was a very coveted commodity, and that's why they were called that, I'm pretty sure. It's
3: interesting.
2: Hmm. You I literally like had to climb whales. inside their skull to get it. I do not like orcas.
0: I hate orcas. I think orcas are stupid. Um, orcas are
2: scary. They're awesome, but scary as hell.
0: Scary. They're, they're, they're just, I heard a they're comedian once who referred to orcas as thug whales. They're just thug whales because <laughs> they just kill everything. They don't care. They're they meanies. kill people.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. They're, they're they are tor-
2: they don't kill people.
0: They do at at like what's the ocean park? See, Where they well, like banned. That was orchids. one whale. Well, was yeah, but it was a pissed off was whale. An asshole. Yeah, they tortured
2: him, off and, off whale. An yeah, they a him
3: and he was whale. an asshole. <laughs> so I don't, I don't like any of that.
0: With your, the whale. Yeah, there's a comedian. Who Have you never say seen Blackfish? Dog, he calls...
2: Oh, What? Blackfish is fucking. The documentary Blackfish is about that whale.
0: See, there's the F bomb. Pretty that dark. You know, Mike was going to drop at some point. Um... I didn't say an F bomb. <laughs> yes, you did. You 100% did. I, I just want to talk about what he? he did. He did. I heard it. I it did was not. meant in it, an it
1: innocent way because if he did, then it's oh. better than like.
0: A ghost whale? you ever heard of a ghost whale?
1: I've heard of it. No, I haven't heard I of that. I don't know why I have, but I do. Ghost really whales have. are
0: albino humpback whales. They're white. Oh, this thing looks awesome. Wait. This is um, the best hockey hmm. podcast ever. This is the greatest hockey podcast of all time, which reminds me, you should pay for this. Patreon.com slash blue banter.
3: <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Viola,
0: John J. Porter, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Daniel DeJam Matt Bader, George Littman, Guy from Montana, Andrew Grego, John Reppy, Sting Fleeman, Trevor Kempner, Dan Carozzi, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, who got engaged. Bob, congratulations. Oh, um, congratulations. Alexander Thornton, Igor Good Zatlovsky, Thomas Osa, and Michael Silvers. You all donated. Thank you. You guys could have your names read, too, if you also donated. Yeah, he got engaged. Good for him. Most of us That's bloggers the don't even made, talk to Carl, so... That transition Street made obviously. was
2: like, there are people all over the world going hungry every day. Anyway, what would you guys like for dinner tonight?
3: Yeah, pay, pay <laughs> us. I think pay us money for just
0: pay us this your hard-earned money content for this, this type of conversation. This is the best content you're going to get. Where else are you going to get whale rankings? You're not.
1: No, you're not. You Unless whale, like, there one. was a team with the whale in the name coming back. But they're not.
0: All about the blue whale. Did you know that a blue whale's tongue weighs more than a fully grown African elephant? That's amazing.
1: That's crazy.
0: The blue whale is the biggest animal on Earth. It's almost
2: the biggest organism, too. What did you say? Did you know that blue. Like some whale skeletons, there's evidence of the vestigial leg, like leg bones from when uh, their ancestors may have been on land.
1: That's insane. I need to, like, read up on whales.
0: You do. Whales I sort of have amazing. a love, like, I have a thing for colossal squid. <laughs> I think they're, they're just awesome. I don't like awesome.
1: squid. I don't like squid unless they're in Splatoon. Then I'm all about them.
0: I don't like squid either, but colossal squid. Is that your? Are those your whale noises? No, that's Stanley. Yeah. No, it's not. I would know if it was Stanley. Um, Wow, this podcast really got off the rails. Um, Yeah, but Shane is fun. This is what happens.
2: Beth is fun. Shane is fun. This is
1: not my fault. I did not do the whale thing. You can blame me. Shane, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you on this one. 90% of Beth's role on this show is to keep us on track, and you've failed miserably.
1: <laughs> no one informed me of that. Outside, no, of, boy.
0: outside of her dust you ruffle let me make story whale fans easily, fans. easily the worst story oh. of all time. The worst thing that could have God, happened outside yeah. of that is us talking about whales. And colossal squid. I did not
1: know this For was my week. job to do this, and I genuinely apologize. And we'll keep you guys and whip you guys into shape next time.
3: We are we are off, off the rails, rails already. I can't
0: back. think of anything else other than a whale. All
1: right. Hmm. Um, mm. um,
2: Remember when the wolf pack were the Connecticut whale, Joe?
1: Oh, I oh got a question. God, I got it. Whale. I got a hockey question. Because we're gonna hear about, whale? about them all year. No, it's not about whales. It's, it's it's a good one. What do you guys think of Rick Nash's last season in New York? Do you think he's gonna do well? Do you think he's gonna have to hear crap all season about people saying he's not worth his money? Do you think he's gonna want to stay here? What do you think? Before wow. diet this summer.
2: He's skinny now. He's got a skinny boy face. He's, he's
1: it's a it's, thin it's best shape of your life season, and he is living in it. Like he looks good.
0: He does. He looks very good, handsome, thin. Um, not as good as a blue whale, but pretty good. Uh, <laughs> on a scale from one to ten, I think he's going to be about blue whale. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of pressure off Nash this year. or well, we do call him narwhal actually. So, yeah. Um, I I think I think Nash. There's not as much pressure on Nash this year. Maybe for the yeah, first time in his I life, I don't think he's going into a season where he's the guy, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to make a big difference for him. I really do. Michael? I hope.
2: Uh, yeah, I think most of the time when you see a guy his age coming off of a contract like that, you know, I think the question is, you know, is he still worth it? And I think everyone knows that this is not like an attack on Nash, but he's not worth 7.8 million on the cap. I mean, it just, that's not what he's worth anymore. That doesn't mean, however, that he's not a valuable player. And it's, I don't think it's nearly as like, I, I'm going to use the word egregious, but this is not meaning to, you know, uh, demeanor or deface these players, but it's not like, you know, Drury's contract compared to the role he played. It's like, you know, Nash still does a lot of things. Uh, I think, you know, we look at, You know, we look at his point totals and we're not thrilled, but if you just look at what, in terms of what he's asked to do and, you know, putting pucks on there and everything, you know, 67 games last season, 23 goals. If that's all you hear, you're like, yeah, you know, that's okay. The problem is he only had 15 assists, so 38 points for a guy who gets that kind of money doesn't feel good, but he does so much more than just, score goals and get pucks on that. And I won't dive into that because I think we've been kind of Nash apologists a little too much on the show sometimes, but I would like to believe that he's going to play like the pressure is off of him and that, you know, I think he really likes it here. I think that's the the sense we've gotten just from, uh, you know, kind of scuttlebutt and hearing him talk in interviews and things. He likes being in New York. He likes being a Ranger. I would, I think the organization would be silly not to see if he's interested in sticking around like for another year at something like 3 million or something. Cause Agreed. frankly, there's there's nothing wrong with a guy like Rick Nash being in your top six still. I mean, he's not, he's not f- like 40 goals in the bank or anything, but he's a two way forward. He's an absolute nightmare of a matchup. He can, he can be the guy who, is the engine on the line. He can do all sorts of things. Kills penalties, can be on the power play. You know, he's, he's still a very, very good player. He's just not elite anymore. And that's why his contract looks like it does, but this is it for that contract. So I'm all for more Nash, but, uh, I, w- I would really like to see him to actually answer your question, Shana. I'd really like to see him play strong this year. I think he will. Um, and in many ways, I think the Rangers are going to need it because uh, there's still that weird vacuum of just how much is not having Stepan going to impact this team because of all the little things that Stepan did. Because Nash is kind of similar, you know, cut from the same cloth, doing a lot of little things, getting, you know, he's the guy who gets all the shots. He's the guy who does all these things on special teams, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, that's, that's all I want to say. Sperm whale, narwhal.
3: Whale. whale, yeah, Navall,
2: Pilot Whale. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I think we've, uh, I think we've done enough. We've we've gone off the rails and <whistles> totally. She let us down. She let us down big time. And then uh, saved the day.
1: Let's not Shana, forget. I brought us right back on track.
0: She did, but after you were warned that you had failed us.
1: I mean, that's like oh, telling someone, it's like, I want you to back-check, and you don't tell them. Like, they don't know. They might be like, I'm an offensive player. You got to be like, no, bud. You got to do both.
0: Everybody back-checks, Everybody on this team back-checks. Um,
1: Whatever. I can put a better example off the top of my head. I you tried. Just,
0: Mike doesn't back-check, and that's why he's... Are we supposed to she be back back checking? Shana. I wasn't aware. I, I think so. If there are enemies behind us, I, I thought would we, hope we would because
2: well,
1: I
0: I have an argument, But when got a was sword. Down. It's a problem.
1: I do. Uh, guessed on the sword. I don't know.
0: Announce your Twitter because I never remember it's how many Y's or Hey idiots.
1: Shay with three Y's on each one. Hey I Shay. I tried. That's why the My whole k- name started. Like in high school, people would say "Hey Shay" to me like that, so I did it. But the Ys, I think I took it because it was taken without the Ys, and I'm stuck with them. I tried to, like, I just I'm wanted to plain
3: sachet, yeah, no.
1: but
0: nope. You got him for good. Mike is Dig I'm Deep DSB on Blue Shirt Panther. Mike is also doing work for the BSB. Sporting
1: News.
3: Yay! Wow.
0: And the Ice Guard. And Blue Shirt yeah. Banter. He's going to Canada tomorrow, yeah. so he's even closer to hockey than any of us are. Uh, I am a blue shirt a panther. panther.
2: Ottawa Senators home opener.
0: It's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. Carson Carl. La, 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 Carlson is missing half of his ankle because of surgery. So, that's a thing. Yeah, um, it's nice. No. Patreon.com/slash/blue-shirt-panther. We love you all. Beth is well. whale. Let's
1: Shannon, go Rangers. Let Thanks for
0: listening.
1: Bye.